Faith, Hope and Love, episode 254, the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year A. This Sunday, the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, lands on the 4th of October in 2020. As many would know, that's actually the feast day of the great Saint Francis of Assisi. A wonderful example of discipleship and simplicity and one of my favourite saints. But when feasts such as his land on a Sunday, the Sunday has precedence and overrides it. Very few feasts have higher priority than a Sunday. As important as St. Francis's life is, the preeminent feasts are the Lord's feast days, which are celebrated every Sunday of the year. I'm sure our humble saint is perfectly happy to take second place to our Lord as he willingly did in his life. The gospel values included in the readings this weekend include that God is long-suffering and patient. God trusts us and gives us the blessings and gifts and responsibilities of freedom in the hope and trust that we will use that autonomy and discretion well and only for good. God lovingly desires to give us what we need, patiently calling us back to obedience. Of course, eventually, time ends up running out, sooner or later. And God expects us, in the end, to bear the fruits of the kingdom of heaven. This weekend's Gospel says a lot of really good things about our God and some very disappointing things about our human response to God's absolute generosity and patience. The image of the unsatisfactory vineyard would have been a very familiar one to the people of Israel, as shown in the first reading. The Lord puts all his love and care into building for his people a fruitful and life-giving environment for them. And what he gets back is sour grapes. What causes bitter grapes? It's too much acid and not enough sugar. The fruit might be too small or too crowded or just be wild. It's a fitting image that if we ferment bitterness, resentment, harshness, negativity or a lack of cordiality in our lives, if we crowd out our time and energy with too many opposite priorities or if we allow pride and willfulness to be our way, it will produce bitter fruits and a pitiful harvest. The fruits will not be good. We see that God is extremely loving. The owner of that land in the parable did not just give them an empty parcel and say, there you go, now build what you want and at the end of it give me the fruits. Rather, in the parable, the master lovingly plants the vineyard himself. He fences it off with care, he builds accommodation and security, and then builds the wine press for the fruits to be processed. The landowner is a loving giver, not a control freak. He hands over the vineyard and does not stand over them or set up any oppressive system to make sure they do the right thing. He trusts his tenants and leaves them to do their job, then steps back to give them time to do it. The master is extremely patient, certainly not ruthless. After the very first messenger was sent and rejected, he would have been entitled to destroy those wicked tenants there and then. But instead, he continues to give them the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps there's been a miscommunication. Perhaps there's a reason for this terrible behavior. The master is being more than reasonable. He sends a long list of messengers to ask for what is right. 
and what is his. There's no acid or bitterness to be found in God. His fruits are good, patience, forbearance, compassion. He's long-suffering, giving many, many chances for change and growth. But in the end, he must have the fruits of the vineyard as he deserves. But the master spares nothing. He even risks his most precious treasure, his beloved son, and sends him to them to sort out this peacefully if it can be. As the great Easter hymn says, to ransom a slave, God gave away his only son. What an extraordinary act of love and unearthly generosity to his ungrateful people. Finally, when their rebellion and arrogance is no longer in any doubt, after the longest time, the master demands that the fruits be given, to act prudently, lovingly and justly. This simply cannot go on like this. And so he hands over the vineyard to people who will care for it and use it as intended. In many ways, and also through the people we meet, God sends us all sorts of invitations and opportunities, inviting us to widen our hearts or adjust our attitudes. Meanwhile, with God's help, we continue working peacefully, positively and respectfully, and always with grateful hearts. This is Faith, Hope and Love. Within your will, O Lord, all things are established, and there is none that can resist your will, for you have made all things, the heaven and the earth, and all that is held within the circle of heaven. You are Lord of all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello everyone and gentleness and peace be with you all. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is full of love and mercy. And so we prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries by first acknowledging our sins. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations into the peace of God's kingdom. Lord, have mercy. You come in word and in sacrament to strengthen us and make us holy. Christ, have mercy. You will come again in glory with salvation for your people. Lord, have mercy. My Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the heart. 
Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He expected it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed and it shall be overgrown with briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice, but saw bloodshed. Righteousness, but heard a cry. The Word of the Lord. The vineyard of the Lord is the house of Israel. You brought a vine out of Egypt. To plant it you drove out the nations. It stretched out its branches to the sea, to the great river it stretched out its shoots. Then why have you broken down its walls? It is plucked by all who pass by. It is ravaged by the boar of the forest, devoured by the beasts of the field. God of hosts, turn again, we implore. Look down from heaven and see. Visit the vine and protect it the vine your right hand has planted, and we shall never forsake you again. Give us life that we may call upon your name. God of hosts, bring us back. Let your face shine on us, and we shall be saved. The vineyard of the Lord is the house 
of Israel. A reading from the letter of St Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. I call you friends, says the Lord, because I have made known to you everything I have learnt from my Father. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Chapter 21, verses 33 to 43. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence round it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. 
the gospel of the Lord. In biblical writing, the portrayal of the chosen people as the vineyard of the Lord was a familiar prophetic image. And we have an example of it in today's first reading, Isaiah's Song of the Vineyard. My friend had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug the soil, cleaned it of stones and planted choice vines in it. With all the care and cultivation he lavishes on his vineyard, the owner has a lively expectation of a good yield at harvest time. But all he receives from his labours are sour grapes. In his disappointment, he turns the vineyard into a wasteland, knocking down its walls, leaving it pruned, undug and overgrown. The vineyard, Isaiah explains, is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, that chosen plant. So in today's Gospel, Matthew borrows some of Isaiah's song ideas and alters the central imagery. Israel is no longer the vineyard itself, but tenant farmers working for their landlord. Features of the parable reflect conditions of life in rural Galilee. It was common for the land to be owned by absentee landlords who would collect their rent in kind from the tenant farmers at harvest time. Now, the lengthy absence of the landlord alongside the harsh economic conditions of the country often led to difficulties between landlord and tenant, sometimes leading to assaults on the agent sent to collect the rent. To those listening to this parable, their first thoughts were of the arrogance and stupidity of the tenants of the vineyard. To think that the owner of the vineyard would have forfeited his property, the development he had initiated and his resources to those tenants after the violence, death and grief that they had caused. Surely their greed had overtaken any common sense they may have had. It wasn't even intelligent greed. It was plain enough to the Pharisees. So to Jesus they answered, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end and leave the vineyard to other tenants. And yet, while seeing the ignorance and stupidity of the original tenants, they were blind to their own incompetence. How could the Pharisees possibly have expected to hold on to their tenancy, the kingdom of God, if they continued to reject the servants and the son of the owner of the kingdom? They didn't realise that the parable was really about them. Of course, this was nothing new. Isaiah, in his time, had found a familiar situation. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the house of Judah, that chosen plant. He expected justice, but found bloodshed, integrity, but only a cry of distress. Greed and short-sightedness had previously blinded others to the truth of the relationship between God and God's people. Sometimes in our greed and short-sightedness, we're blind to the continued bloodshed, which is a result of injustice. We refuse to listen to the cries of distress, which continue to result from a lack of integrity. How many more servants of the owner must be seized and suffer violence? And how many more sons and daughters must die before our eyes are open to our tenancy of the kingdom of God? You see, we are the Lord's vineyard gifted and planted by God. His gifts are given for a reason. We're expected to produce good fruit. And if we don't, we're rejecting Jesus, misusing the gifts we've been given. We are gifted people as members of God's body, the church. 
and our gifts should be placed at the disposal of the church. If we keep them to ourselves, we diminish the work of the community that we belong to and that we believe in. The Gospel acclamation reminds us, I call you friends, says the Lord, because I have made known to you everything I have learnt from my Father. Matthew clearly uses the Gospel addressed to the chief priests and the elders as a summary of salvation history. The landlord stands for the succession of the prophets God has sent to Israel only to see them treated with disdain and violence. The son is clearly a figure of Jesus himself dragged out of Israel to be murdered. Jesus, of course, is not just another of the prophets but God's own son. So the punishment of leasing the vineyard to the other tenants clearly indicates through Matthew Though the kingdom of God will be granted to the Gentiles, who can we expect to deliver the produce? This parable speaks to us about the patience of God. And when his servants are killed, he sends more and more in the hope that the people will turn from their evil ways. Even when these are killed, he still hopes his beloved son will make these people change their ways. Jesus is God's last appeal his final challenge. If we are now the tenants, then we are subject to God's expectations of us and subject to his judgment as well. God looks to us for the fruits of love and faith and obedience. He expects that we will deliver forgiveness, mercy and justice. Today's parable has its own question to ask of us. What other fruits we produce? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. St. Paul tells us to pray for our every need, and so we come before God and pray. For the leaders of the church, that they may nurture the gift of faith in others. Lord, hear us. For God's pilgrim people, that we may turn to Christ as the source of all nourishment. Lord, hear us. For those who work on the land and harvest the sea, that they may cooperate with nature and so protect the precious gifts of creation. Lord, hear us. For the community of believers, that we may better imitate Jesus in our daily lives. 
Lord, hear us. For those who are sick and those who care for them, that the Lord will give them healing, strength and peace. Lord, hear us. For the eternal repose of the souls of the dead, that Christ may welcome them to the heavenly banquet that never ends, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. God of peace, your Son told us to pray with confidence, trusting in your love and care. We ask you to hear our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at our hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Accept, O Lord, we pray, the sacrifices instituted by your commands. And through the sacred mysteries which we celebrate with dutiful service, graciously complete the sanctifying work by which you are pleased to redeem us. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Father most holy through your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, your Word, through whom you made all things, whom you sent as our Saviour and Redeemer, incarnate by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin. Fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people, he stretched out his hands as he endured his passion, so as to break the bonds of death and manifest the resurrection. And so with the angels and all the saints we declare your glory, as with one voice we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dew fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Save us, Saviour of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, you said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace.
May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. May the receiving of your body and blood, Lord Jesus Christ, not bring me to judgment and condemnation, but through your loving mercy, be for me protection in mind and body and a healing remedy. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the soul that seeks him. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection.
What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Grant us, Almighty God, that we may be refreshed and nourished by the sacrament which we have received, so as to be transformed into what we consume. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks everyone, and I gratefully acknowledge and give thanks to God for your prayers and the worship that we give to God in this time of reflection upon God's goodness and mercy. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Faith, Hope and Love, Christian Worship and Reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants, the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, the NCC USA. Psalms, 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray, by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Sydney, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin, by Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love theme hymn in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13. Music by Paul W. Kelly, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Quiet Time Instrumental Reflection Music, written by Paul W. Kelly, 1988-2007, and this arrangement, Stefan Kelp, 2020. Today I Arise, Patricia J. Kelly, original words and music by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged and sung with additional lyrics by Stefan Kelp, 2019. Production by KER 2020. May God bless and keep you. Today I arise with love from on high, the name of the three in one. Today I arise through heavenly eyes, your grace to God and guide. Today it begins with strength from within, this day I will. Today